You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the first of August, 2013. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined as always by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And Dave, we are joined in this in in my home studio today by Hypertext the Cat. <laughs> we've been doing this show for seven years, and we've never had Hypertext join us on air before. And I I think she may uh, you know. She's up on my desk now. She may be getting a word in edgewise. Um, this is a uh, this is the people who do, who've never been in my office. They need to understand we're not speciesist here. Everyone's free. Everyone's equal. <laughs> um, anyway, um, interesting week. Oh my goodness, interesting week. I want to start off with uh, I want to start off by saying thank you to Marty Weintraub. Did you see? Did, 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 did you know that Marty wants to wants my DNA? He wants to clone me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! More than one Jim Hedger. <laughs> I know, eh? It's uh, but uh, to, to, to make things better, than more than one Jim Hedger, haha, <laughs> which would be you know, pretty weird. But then again, weird is kind of like the default setting in my world these days. Um, <laughs> myself, my business partner Alan Kinnick, and our social media uh, coordinator Michelle Simpson Ross were all named to a. Uh, a list Marty Weintraub made over at the Aim Clear blog. The Aim Clear wants to clone me award. Forty-three spectacular online marketers who exemplify our industry, and we were each awarded. Did get that? We were each awarded the coveted Pink Dolly Award. <laughs> um. Anyway, it made me so happy to be on this list. I, I I mean a great honor. Congratulations. I gotta say, I love how his write up of you ends. 
uh, be afraid, be very afraid. I don't know if that's uh, in response to SEO and that SEOs should uh, be be afraid or or whether it's uh, that he knows you well and the idea of a clone Jim Hedger, uh, be afraid. (laughs) I have no idea, man. But, you know, all I know is on Tuesday morning I woke up to the news that Marty Weintraub wanted my DNA. And, uh, I mean, (laughs) he's scared of me. I'm harmless. Marty Weintraub, on the other hand, he's a dangerous man. (laughs) That dude has got resources. (laughs) Yes, he does, and I mean, you're and you're in great company on that page. So, uh, yeah, that's that's quite an honor and uh, a big congratulations. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, anyway, so there's that. Uh, but you know, the biggest honor about this, the biggest honor of all, that I, I really got to get this in. Being What's called that? a great online marketer by a fellow who is arguably the greatest online marketer, like Marty Weintraub, like oh, like. Check out some of this. I mean, you, you know some of the stuff Marty's done. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, he knows a thing or two. He's revolutionized Facebook advertising. And he's revolutionized brand messaging in the social world. Yeah. And to get a compliment from a dude like Marty Weintraub is a hell of a compliment indeed. Yeah, to say um, the least. It's uh, anyway. So, on behalf of myself, on behalf of Alan Connect, my business partner, and Michelle Stinson Ross, our social media manager, Marty, brother man, thank you. Um, anyway, I, 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 if I didn't get that in, I'm, I can assure you that uh, both Alan and Michelle would uh, have some words with me after the show. <laughs> so, what else do we got here? You know. I asked, uh, I asked um, one of our SEOs, um, you, you've met her before, you've met her on the radio before, Bree Jordan, to review yep. a bunch of Matt Cutts videos. <laughs> now, okay. why, would I ask, why would I ask an experienced SEO to review a bunch of Matt Cutts videos? I didn't, I wasn't trying to hate her. her. Oh? <laughs> no. You know, I, I like Matt. Oh, I, you know what? Seeing Matt makes me smile. Maybe it's a goofy look on his face or something. I don't know, but seeing Matt Cutts makes me smile. What I wanted to do, though, uh, this is Bria's, she's about two and a half years in the industry, and I thought this was a, a good, uh, ref- A, refresher course, and B, I was curious what she would have to say about, about Matt's videos, about Matt's opinion. You know, this is a, from, from someone who's been in the industry for two and a half years and getting the gospel according to Jim, what do you got <laughs> to say when the real, like, when the guru, Matt Cuts? And uh, I was quite surprised by some of the stuff she had to say. And do, you mind, do you mind if I share some of it with you? No, I, I'm quite interested to hear what, uh, what her take is. No order whatsoever to these videos. He just slaps them up there. When a question comes <laughs> in, he slaps up a new video. Try to find something. Try to find something specific. I dare you. Um, they're, uh, she found them a bit too basic. I mean, like, really, we're addressing keyword density issues? <laughs> like, What? <laughs> And at the end of it all, the one commonality in all of the in all of his videos, which which I love, is do it for the user. Don't do it for Google. If you're doing it for the user, Google will get it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll smile and nod and go, "Yep." Yeah. You know, I, we've said it before. She, for the most part, I, I think she's right. I, I mean, she she knows. It. I mean, Bree's a, a, a bright woman. Uh, I'm sure she knows that too. You and I can immediately think of technologies that were built for users and sucked for engines and still would. Um, 
But at the same time, um, yeah. I mean, you, have, you think about your engines, right? I mean, if working for the user just means you have three images and no content on your page, it's probably not going to work out too well for you. But Unless um, you're a porn page, in which case. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Search doesn't love you anyway, so <laughs> just give up on that and try something else. Um yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, that's that's actually it's it's an interesting take. I, I'd be interested. There's a few videos of his I'm thinking of now, and you know I I mocked that you, you didn't like her. I too, I, I would hate to have to watch a whack of them back to back. But they do come out. I get my notification, and you know I, I watch a big chunk of them. I probably two out of three of them when I when I see what the subject is and go ah, what are they going to say today about this? Um, you know, and and half the time, and and you know this, and you know for our listeners in case they haven't caught on. Uh, one of the biggest things to me I, I love about those videos is everything he doesn't say. And I think he goes with the basic questions because he can answer them without risking giving mm-hmm. away more than he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting when you if you catch where he's sort of pausing and, and then not saying something in that spot. And it's like, oh, I know what that blank had in it. <laughs> you can figure out where he's stopping himself and go, I know what he was going to say. So I know what the truth is behind, um, you know, something or where he you know, makes a, makes a claim in one area, and you're like, ah, well, that has to translate over here then. Um, and, you know, going from there when he's talking about, you know, using canonical tags or something, you know, one of his ones from uh, probably a year or two ago and when they were crossing domains, and he's talking about going, you know, and they don't lose, um, you know, any weight, whereas 301s do. And it's like, I don't know that I've, I mean, I knew it, but I don't know that I've actually confirmed or heard him confirm that 301s, lose a bit of weight. I don't know that I ever heard him actually say that till then. We all kind of knew it, but it's like, okay, good. There's a confirmation. He was actually just talking about canonicals, but you know, you pick up this other information from him and um, you know, it's yeah, I, I don't I think to agree. Point. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting stuff and well worth, you know, just subscribe in YouTube and you'll get an email notification. Watch them. Um, I think they're uh, they're pretty handy. It's funny in my YouTube channel, I actually have or, or on page I actually have a channel called From the Horse's Mouth, and I I try and publish the best of his videos. Um, you know, so, just for, so, for that so, reason. So tell me, how are you ordering them? Are you, um, is there any cataloging? Like like no no. I just one comes in. I go hey, I like that, and I add it. <laughs> yeah, just like they, just like they do it at Google. <laughs> well, that's it. And, and you're right. It's just like, and I got a question, and. <laughs> you know, here's me answering that question, and uh, and away I go. So, um, you know, I guess I can't blame him. Does he want to have somebody, you know, I think his time's worth quite a bit. Does he want to go and, like, you know, where do I put this? And should it well, be in, like, dude, chronological order? Or? <laughs> isn't that what Vince Vaughn is for? <laughs> Seriously. Why would you have a goof like him hanging around the office? Of the <laughs> he wasn't doing something useful for you. Right. You, you used to decide and catalog what I say. That's exactly, that's right. Oh, little bugger. Okay, you've often heard me ask this, Dave, and I'm going to ask you again. How do you know when Google's lying? <laughs> right off after Mac. And their fingers are moving. That's how you know when Google's lying. And I got, this does not vindicate your position. I want to get that clear from the outset. Yeah, you know where I'm going. This I do know where you're going. Your position. But... but uh, just because Google's done what I'm about to say that doesn't mean you were right, okay? I'm okay. pretty pissed about this, and I but, but but there's a reasonable explanation. So I'll get that in there too. 
three or four days ago, Google came out in a hearing at there in an application to the FTC, pretty much dissing their own views, their stated views on net neutrality. To remind listeners who haven't listened to the Webcology show for the last couple of years, because, you know, Dave, I don't think we've talked about net neutrality for a couple of years, eh? It's true. It has been a while. Um, the concept of net neutrality distilled to its most basic form is any legal device that can be hooked up to a network should be allowed to be hooked up to the network, and all data traveling across that network should be, all legal data traveling across that network should be treated as equally. So say you're like uh, Time Warner and you're, you're, you're running um, comp- a competing network's content across your system. You as Time Warner should not be able to shut off the competing network's content just because it's running across your ISP. Similarly, um, Comcast, if Comcast owned a whole bunch of radio stations, they should not shut off the webmaster radio signal simply because it doesn't own webmaster radio, even though we're traveling across their network. So you can't treat one piece of data as more important than another piece of data under net neutrality. <coughs> that's, that's how it's that's that's distilled in theory. But as as, as we know, Google has um, Google's rolling out its fiber network. It's got it in Kansas City. I think it's it's got. Um, I know for sure it's in Kansas City. I believe it's in a couple other American cities. And Google wants to do a nationwide rollout. But it's got a problem. It only has home pricing, home user pricing right now. So, you know, just standard, regular, you're using it at home pricing. And it wants to add business accounts. But it hasn't added business account pricing yet. It only has home user pricing. But, as, you know, people will, folks are running network servers off of their home account using Google Fiber. Google's got a problem with this because it thinks they should be charged at a business rate, not a home user rate. And so it's had to say straight up, we don't feel that you're, uh, you know, following net neutrality or that, that, that you're following our rules. But <laughs> that violates the concept of net neutrality. So Google has, you know, now that Google's seeing a financial reason, it's um, reversed its policy on network neutrality, which I find chilling, um, given that I, I believe that all legal data is equal. Right, and we know my stance on this one. I guess for our listeners who haven't heard us debate net neutrality in the past, I view this as, as a win. Um, and, and not just like a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of win, um, in that sort of like, hey, and now, you know, when, when one of the big boys switches over, you know, in, in anything, you know, politics, whatever, you can go, hey, and this, you know, see, I'm right. But, I, you know, let's not go that copa route of, of things. Um, and I, personally, I view it more of a win. It is because they switched, but more in the recognition um, that, yes, there is a downside. The free market doesn't work like that. Um, and, it, and it can't work like that, and it can't be expected to work like that when you have servers that are going to be putting out and drawing larger amounts of data um, than what you have built a specific package for 
now it becomes uneconomical. So you can either jack up the prices for your home users and just have one package for everybody and your home users are going to be punished, or you can limit what they're able to do with these things, not allow them to operate as sort of a, a business user would, and charge business users um, the rate that's more applicable to them. Personally, you know, I think that's path. how it should be. There's What's that? Charge me by the bite used. If I'm consuming more than the guy next to me, why is he paying as much as I'm paying for the same account? I'm so far more than he is, but he's paying as much as I am because we have flat rate billing, right? Now, because right. we have flat rate billing, we have to say you can do this and you can't do that on our network. Blah, 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 blah. We have to make rules about data. That data is more important or better than this data. Who the hell are you? Who the hell is Google to say whose data is more important? They're Google. Unless it's, it's in their, their network. Results. <laughs> so what is their network? What, you're telling me that, like, you know, my car, which is totally legal, just isn't good enough to drive on your highway? Or two cars, one has to pay an extra toll, the other doesn't? Well, I mean, not good enough on the highway. I mean, that that is exactly the way it is. <laughs> I mean, especially when you when you start traveling. Um, you know, do does the does the state have the right to decide um, environmental laws? That as they as I said, your car legal, road? and again, I I, I, par- I paraphrase with the word legal data. Right. It's data is data. Data is data. It's just ones and zeros. We're not talking kitty porn here. Like, no one's going to argue about you shutting off kitty porn. No one's going to say a word about that. <laughs> and one will <laughs> applaud you for it. Yeah. But we're not talking about kitty porn here. We're not talking about illegal materials. We're talking about some guy running a server. Now, I, like, I get where Google's coming from. I just think they're doing it the wrong way. So you it would like to see a structure by which you were charged for the bandwidth that you used. Uh, so you, you, you pay for a set amount. You pay to have that fiber, whatever, 20 bucks a month. Now the fiber's laid in. Every gig you use, you pay more. So somebody would say kids who do gaming on their Xbox would end up getting a, a bill um, higher than somebody who doesn't have a kid with an Xbox simply because their kid's gaming on it and using a lot of bandwidth. It works that way with electricity, doesn't it? Sure, sure. Oh, no, I'm just asking for clarification. I, I'm not taking a side on, on that specific point. I think, uh, I, I think, I don't know, man. I mean, like, I would rather see that than a world where we have a fractured Internet based on who owns what. Because the long-term implications of non-net neutrality means a fractured web where you, Dave, you're over on the West Coast, you're using Shaw or using Telus or something. Yeah. You get access to some content. I'm over here on the East Coast. I'm using Rogers. I get access to different content. And maybe you and I don't get the access to the same content. I'm not subscribing to a cable channel here. I'm subscribing to the bloody Internet. And I need the, the whole Internet. And yeah, I'm a power user. I'm going to suck bandwidth like my neighbor will not. Uh, it's fair there. I don't think they should have to pay as much as I pay. I, maybe I should pay more than other users. Mind you, I'm using it commercially. <laughs> you know, I'm making money on this thing, so right. I don't mind paying more. Right. Um, but and you probably I, have a commercial account. No. Okay. I See, I do. <laughs> that's why. Maybe that's part of why. Because, <laughs> because you get, because you know, I'm working out of a home office. You're working out of an office office, and it's much easier for me to disguise my use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I haven't set the bed up yet, but i got to put it over there by reception. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to believe that, are they? Pro- probably not. Probably not. Maybe if I set up a cot here. 
<laughs> I've got a little uh, fridge already, you know. Um, I, I suddenly expect my next bill to be $100 a month higher. Noted <laughs> myself. Um, no, no, you, you get my point, though. Right? Like, I see the long-term implications as not about it's, it's not about what we charge. It's not about how much people get charged. That's not the worst of the long-term implications. The worst is active censorship based on commercial interest. Right, and this is where you and I have a, a significant disagreement on what the implications of, of net neutrality are because we have the Federal Trade Commission in place, because we have Consumer Protection Acts in place. That doesn't happen. I mean, there's already been a, a number of cases um, where people have tried to block data, and there's many popular ones, abortion uh, texts and things like that that were, that were coming out, um, where the consumer protection agencies, etc., had come in and, and basically the law dictated, no, you can't do that. Um, so we're already protected from blocking data on one hand. Um, so for, from where I stand to give corporations the right to decide how the resource allocation of those corporations um, you know, are charged for and spent. I like being able to charge whatever, you know, I feel the market will bear. You probably like charging what the market will bear and probably charging oh, yeah. for some services than another. You know, I like charging I don't... more than the market will bear, to be honest. That's what I really <laughs> like. <laughs> um, so I don't see why I would now go, hey, but that thing I use, there I, I want everything to be equal and I, I, I want some caps put on. Um, I don't want you to do it to me. And that's exactly where Google's at right now. They didn't want you to do it to them, but all of a sudden, now the roles change. Now we need we see the benefits of uh, of this type of situation. We see where the pros and cons are, and we see that we need to have this system in place. Um, you know, otherwise we're going to just have to meter people's bandwidth, and now we can't call it you know unlimited and and that sort of thing. Um, so I mean, and and you know, to to your argument, that may be the route that they end up having to go. The legislation stays the same. Is going well. You're a home user. You know, we cap you at this speed, right? And that's it, right? We just cap your speed, and now you're paying for whatever a hundred meg connection. Yeah, we've got fiber right in, but you're paying for a hundred meg connection, and um, you know, at at dollar value, why? Um, you know, you'd get more and see, well, now your business and, and go through that way, but not call it business. Just go, we're just going to cap how much what your speed is or, or cap your, your total gig allotment for the month um, and, and go from there. But I, I think that would hurt home users um, and especially in, in a marketplace being the way it is. What words do we love? We love unlimited. That's one of the big words that we love and, and yes. who wants to be able to market the way they do. Fair. That's that's kind of a weasel word. Um, I'm afraid I don't got time to debate you because <laughs> we have a mile long article that you wrote for Search Engine Watch. Um, ten examples of pure spam. You know, ten, ten examples from Google. Great article, by the way. Thanks. Um, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about, but before we're able to do that, we got to take a break here on Webcology and Webmaster Radio. It's uh. 22 minutes past the hour on the 1st of August, 2013. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We've got some fun stuff to talk about after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. 
If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at page1power.com Are your online campaigns getting more clicks than conversions? Then you need to sign up for Conversion Conference East 2013, happening September 30th to October 2nd in Boston. If you want to start increasing revenue and stop wasting money, you ought to be at Conversion Conference East 2013. Discover why Conversion Conference was selected as one of 2013's must-attend conferences by Under 30 CEO and why over 900 leading companies send their marketing teams, web designers, and executives. What's more, webmasterradio.fm listeners get a 10% discount on their pass. Simply register online at conversionconference.com with promo code WMFM. Or click through the Conversion Conference banners on the webmasterradio.fm website. Wouldn't it be nice to invest less and convert more? See you at Conversion Conference East 2013 in Boston, September 30th through October 2nd. Sign up with promo code WMFM for 10% off registration right now at conversionconference.com. WebmasterRadio.fm presents PRSA Diversity Today. PRSA members leading the PRSA Diversity Initiative. Look at the many roles diversity plays in the public relations profession. PRSA Diversity Today. On demand anytime inside the PRSA channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web- Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. And we are most disappointed to read on Facebook that Manny, Re- Manny Rivera's from uh, AimClear is listening to State of the Union by Chicago on Spotify. And he's not listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Maddie, dude, come on. I mean, what are you, what are you, trolling us here? Okay. Um, my cheeks hurt from smiling so much. Uh-huh. I know, two, two weeks in a row I've spent a lot of it uh, chuckling and, uh, and having fun chatting some news. Okay, so before we jump into more news, I, I really want to talk about your article, um, What is Pure Spam? Ten Examples from Google, published over at Search Engine Watch today. Remember how I said earlier that, like, you know, my life is sort of set at weird at, as, like, the default option? <laughs> yep. So, uh, one of the first, one of our first tasks this morning is um, Bria and I had to uh, join another SEO firm in a conference call because, uh, well, they, they, they called up uh, Digital Always Media and asked us to vet their work for one of their, one of their really big clients. And, uh, 
we'd scheduled one hour to do this call. And incidentally, I'm not, I'm not going to name the company um, or who their client was, but they had done all the right work. It was, it's a Google hiccup, that sort of stuff, okay? Yep. So 15 minutes into the phone call, I live on a, on a really major street in Toronto, and uh, 15 minutes into the phone call, I hear this screaming outside my window. Screaming, someone's dying, like someone's getting murdered outside my window. That's what I'm hearing. That isn't actually what I was hearing. Nobody was getting murdered. But that's what it sounded like, okay? So, you know, I'm, I'm like, yo, Bree, Keith, um, you got to excuse me for a second. I need to go check something. You can't have somebody screaming like that outside. So I go outside, and uh, a girl had gone into convulsions. And there was a bunch of people who were, uh, you know, coming to try to help out, um, myself included. Uh, somebody ran down the road to the doctor's office and, you know, pulled, uh, pulled Dr. Lum uh, up the road to take a look at her. Ambulance and fire truck shows up. It's over. I go back to my conference call. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. You know, I got this weird haunting. You wonder how the person is, you know? Yeah. There's this weird, vacant feeling in the back of my head where I'm really concerned about this person. I have no idea how she is, and I'm never going to know. Anyway, that's it. I, just need to get that out. I don't know why I need to talk about that, but it was weird. Weird is the new normal. Um, okay, so uh, spam, 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 and more spam. And there's, I can't believe it. 20 years later, there's still a lot of spam out there. Yeah. And Dave, you, uh, you wrote a long article. Watch, I gotta tell you, this is the longest article I've ever seen you write for Search Engine Watch. And the reason it's so long is because you've used graphic examples of spam, and a lot of this spam is stuffing spam. Um, <laughs> thus, the mile long images. Um, yes. I gotta ask you, when you research an article like this, what do you, th- what, what, first off, what do you, what were you looking for? going into trying to define what pure spam is, what were you looking for? Um, it was an interesting one. I, I decided originally when I was thinking of, uh, of writing this piece, um, I was looking at the specific examples that they list as their types of spam. So as defined by Google, cloaking, hacking, you know, that sort of thing, you know, unnatural links. Okay, let's find some examples of these and, and tear them apart. But on the same page... Um, you know, it's their, their fighting spam page on the inside search um, section of Google. They actually show real-time examples of sites as they're being marked as pure spam. So that's the only one they've got in there is, is their pure spam classification. I, I should note a manual penalty that the first time I heard of it and then actually saw it in somebody's webmaster tools, I literally laughed. Like I'd never seen such a, a just a blanket we're not saying it's this or this or this. It's just pure spam. <laughs> like it's just across the board. This has no other function than 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 search traffic, and it and it sucks for users. Is basically what the pure spam classification means. Um, and so yeah, they're they're constantly showing um, anywhere you know in the high forties, low fifties on this page in real time examples of what is being classified over at Google as pure spam. And, and so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to pull straight from there. I'm just going to use exactly what they have deemed. And all 10 of these examples that I had listed in the article are pulled directly from this list okay, uh, so, of what they deem to be pure spam. So I'm, if you could distill it into uh, you know, a couple of sentences or into a paragraph or two, what does Google see as pure spam? 
Um, there were a couple things, but one, the overarching in the pure spam category, I mean, oftentimes you can see a correlation, you've seen it, I've seen it, I'm sure all of our listeners have seen it too, where a site with crappy content has crappy links. Right? That's just, authoritative sites don't link to crapper or don't tend to. So there was definitely, you know, some correlations while I was looking at the links, but the pure spam classification actually seems to tie more to just the on-site factors. So it's just looking at the site itself and going, this content is brutal. Um, and it serves no function other than to act as leader. I mean, there were examples where they were going from English to Spanish back and forth, right? Like just, mm-hmm. it served no function. Um, but one of the neat things I found, and I highly recommend for, for you and for our listeners to go and visit this page maybe once a week. Um, and one thing I did notice while I was watching this over a few days is you can actually get an inkling of what sectors they are targeting at any given oh, time. Okay. Um, and for example, there was a significantly disproportionate percentage, and bless them for this, because I hate these sites, um, of the phone lookup sites. Oh, like, just disproportionate. Oh, you hate them, I hate them, because we've all done it. It's like, I've got this phone number sitting on my desk. I can't remember whose it is. Right? And so you'll look it up, and it's more, more often than not, it's a business, but all this crap comes in ahead of time, and you end up having to like, sort of struggle to find this because it's mentioned once on some you know, um, on page. For the so like, yeah. it, it, exactly. So it doesn't, it doesn't come in as, as you know, blatantly as maybe it should. Um, so there's a yeah, hugely disproportionate percentage of these sites, and it makes sense. There's just big lists of phone numbers after this small chunk of content, and that content being often duplicated on multiple pages. So... Um, yeah, they seem to be going after crappy content and thin content. Makes sense. I mean, that's what that's what Panda is all about, right? Is is you know trying to get rid of this crap. Um, and you know, it seems Panda and pure spam um, are getting pretty much uh, pretty much synonymous. Another sector they seem to be going after um, more because they weren't going after download um, like movie download sites. It didn't appear that it was specific. Like they're making a judgment call on this is an illegal activity or, or legal because where it's being done out of nine times out of, well, not nine times out of 10, but often enough it is legal, right? Like they're doing them purposefully in zones <laughs> where these laws don't apply. The copyright laws don't apply. So Google doesn't appear to be making that judgment call, but they're using, it, it, it appears that they tend to be pulling the descriptions directly from say a, a descriptive site such as Disney, um, but then running it through like a thesaurus spinner, <laughs> So it oh, just yeah. it ends up reading, um, you know, just just absolutely uh, absolutely brutally by the time it actually comes through. Um, you know, I mean, here's here's a here's an example of um, you know, Despicable Me Too. Gru is a modified man, no more super villain who needs to be the baddest of the bad people. Right? <laughs> um, and it, you know, Concentrate is now creating jellies and jellies. You know, I, I don't know what that started as, <laughs> but I know that's not what it was meant to be. Um, so yeah, that's that's what we're seeing a, a lot of, um, and a, and a targeting of um, as there always has been. I don't think this is any growth um, on affiliate sites, but like thin affiliate sites. Affiliate sites, there's there's nothing wrong with affiliate marketing. I mean, I got my start there. I, I have no problem with it. I think you can provide good quality content and make some money doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just these thin ones where they have a splash page and then everything else leads off the site and stuff like that, where there is no function of this site. Yeah, there's no real reason for that site to be online, except it, to you know do something that a thousand other sites are doing. 
Exactly. And why wouldn't I go straight to eBay then? Right. Or like, you know, that sort of thing or, you know, that. And that's when I found where it was just sending people off to eBay straight there. Right. It was basically a one page site that just all the links went straight off through affiliate codes. It's like, all right, well, um, there is no purpose. One of the funny things I did find, and I'm sure anybody who scrolls through that list will find it, too, is I was kind of scratching my head going, I don't even know how they found this site. <laughs> I don't know why it got qualified as pure spam, not because it isn't pure spam. It is. But because I'm not even sure how it ranked to begin with and became on, like, got into anybody's radar um, that, that something needs to be done about it. Um, well, which one is know, this? Because, uh, there, was, there were many of them many as of them. I was scanning <laughs> through there where it's just the actual SEO quality of it was so poor. Um, you know, some of them would have where they'd obviously changed a page, what it was about, but they didn't change the link to it. So the link would be like how to bake cakes. And then you'd end up there and it's on, you know, videos. <laughs> it's just like, I don't even understand how, like, I have to work to make sure internal linking structures are matching and passing weight right and, you know, using the right text and, you know, <laughs> everything's balancing. And it's just like, I don't even know how this got onto a radar. Um, because it should have never shown up in the top, you know, 800 anyway. <laughs> but... You think of the convolutions that you go through, you ask your staff to go through to quality control check everything twice. Yep. Yep. And so when something slips on, you know, when, when something slips, how to, how to say this? It didn't slip under anybody's radar because clearly their radar was set to uh, see, not see things right in front of their faces. Um right. This is, you know, it's 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 uh, uh, what's it? Slash and burn, slash and burn SEO. I used to call it uh, uh bash and oh man, what what, what do we used to call it? Darn, hack and slash. <laughs> yeah, we well, just don't care about the the domain anymore. Like you just you're throwing up like forty domains a day, and if like half of them get banned by Google, you don't care. It's a numbers right? right? Um. But it's offensive seeing this stuff online. It's it's pollution, or a form of pollution. Yeah. Um, now, aside from cases of scraped content, I was going to ask you yep. for a quick gut check here. Yep. Now, scraped content, I, I can get or automatically generated gibberish. I, I I can get where Google's coming from. Yep. But I mean, doesn't somebody have the right to? Uh, Put up a page um, selling trips to uh, or advice on trips to Iceland, Sweden, Finland, Australia, Austria, Norway, Ireland, Tavulu, etc. Um, yes, yes, I think they do, and and there's many sites that do it very, very successfully, um, right? But you need to be able to provide me with something that is unique. Um, you know, talk to me about. Um, what it's going to be like when I get there, right? I mean, if all I've done is regurgitated content from somewhere else or I've got this thin content that doesn't really share anything unique with me, um, then why am I, why is it even there? Um, if you're a, one might now come back and argue, yeah, but like, you know, Expedia does that on some pages. And okay, forgetting the argument that massive brands get away with things. <laughs> that's just, that's just the way of it. Um, Expedia offers something unique, right, to their user base um, that is not available from, from most sites. Like if you threw up that same travel site that you're talking about, do you have, you know, affiliations with all the major networks? Do you have affiliations with all the major hotels? Right now, no, because, you know, you're an SEO and you got a job to do. So I know you don't, uh, nor should you. I just don't talk about it. 
<laughs> all you're going to be able to do is now resell somebody else's thing. And that's what's happening a lot, right? And so, okay, I'm going to put Expedia's packages and this and that. Well, okay, but I've still got the same thin content. It's not like I'm just writing a, you know, this great piece on, you know, a, a trip to wherever, Tuvalu, um, you know, and including a, an affiliate link on it. But I've done this fantastic blog post about my real trip there with some pictures and, you know, explanations and tips on restaurants or whatever. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm putting up something that I could also find on Expedia and then I'm linking to Expedia because that's what I'm doing. And maybe I've copied a few facts out of Wikipedia or something and toss it in there, but there's nothing for it there. Right, like there's there's nothing. If I if I'm a real user and I go there, there's absolutely nothing that would draw me there that I shouldn't actually have just gone straight to Expedia because I know where I'm going and, and and you know away we go. Um, there was one and just full disclosure for folks and it, it caused uh, me when I was writing about it. I was like, oh, I don't really know about this one. Um, and then I uh, a couple people mentioned it in the comments on the article today and I I have to half support what they're saying. There was one questionable one in there and it was cuzbcuzb.com. I don't even bother trying to pronounce that. And the problem with that one was the language itself. And it was clearly written by somebody um, who was not English as a first language, but the actual language was readable. It wasn't good, but it was readable. Um, and, and that one was a bit of a question. Now, this top 10 list they happened to have on there was the same as many other top 10 lists, and that is going to be a factor that they looked at. Um, but that was one that I was kind of looking at going, I don't know about that, and I did check. There's no cloaking on it or anything like that, so there's no other real significant violations other than the domain is page after page of poorly written content in top 10 lists that can be found elsewhere, but the content itself is uniquely written. Not well, but uniquely written. Um, and, and is a description uh, in a way that isn't covered elsewhere. So that was one, and it was brought up in some of the comments, um, and I, I had sort of a, a half problem with it. I, was, I don't think it belongs there. The same list is available elsewhere that's better written, but at the same time, if that's the line we're drawing, it does make me question whether that same line would be drawn in a place it shouldn't, right? Where this isn't, we're now into the gray zone of well, who's deciding you. what this copy should be. It is crappy writing, and I'm, I'm sorry, um, Ms. Uh, Ms. Bante, the author is listed actually on the page here. Yeah. Um, uh, you'd never start a paragraph with the word however. You just don't do it. You just, you no. Know, anyway. crappy well, I mean, now, now we're getting really nitpicky there. Uh, no, but I guess part of my problem was I was looking at that one and then putting into the context of other ones, and I was like, okay, these aren't the same, though. <laughs> like, the violations here that mark it is pure spam. When I compare it with some of the other examples of what's being marked as pure spam, I'm like, yeah, this this isn't the same thing, right? It's not auto-spun switching from English to Spanish back and forth throughout a page. This is just, it's poorly written, but it's just poorly written. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's almost like there should be two, you know, you're pure spam, all right, and you're pure spam, your domain should be burned. <laughs> you know what they say, eh? One person's one person's spam is junk, another person's spam is Hormel meat. <laughs> okay, well, um, you know what? That was my cheap, cheap and crappy way to say we got to take a break. Um, we're uh, we're actually we're, we're we're burning time now. We're going we're going a little bit faster than I or slower than I'd wanted to. So, 
Um, we're going to do a quick break. We're going to come back with a couple more topics. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around. We've got some serious fun coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Who dares enter the sacred and awesome presence of the everlasting know-it-all, Yoga? My name is Barry Schwartz. I am the keeper of a greater magic, a power known throughout the universe as the... The Force? No, the Schwartz. That's something to check out. Discover the power of Barry, Rusty, Brick, Schwartz, and the Search and Your Roundtable on the Pulse. The Pulse. On demand anytime. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Never underestimate the power of the Schwartz. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Yeah, just a quick note here. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Just a quick note here. The Savants they were talking about now has Google Glasses. So he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been working hard. And, uh, yeah. Better watch out, Braska. <laughs> Barry's, Barry's got Google Glasses, and he's watching you now. Yeah. <laughs> what else we got here? We got 10 minutes. That's what we got. We got 10 minutes before news comes up here on webmasterradio.fm. And, uh, Dave, we got our list of stuff to talk about. Where do you feel like going? 
Oh, I don't know. So many. I mean, we, we can talk Starbucks. Uh, we can talk SEO history. Uh, I love Eric Eng's article on Google doesn't care if it ranks your site properly, but I think we can just all agree on that one. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I'd love to have Eric on. That that one deserves more time. I would love to have Eric on in the future to discuss that. Just that. That'd be great. Yeah. And Eric's a wonder. I mean, Eric, Eric is a legend. That's what Eric is. It'd be amazing to have him on. Um, okay, we have Starbucks. What has Google done with Starbucks? Well, uh, they're they're basically going into Starbucks, giving you uh, faster Wi-Fi uh, directly, uh, you know, through through Starbucks locations, um, thus uh, making Starbucks more equal than other coffee shops in the area. And uh, there's your uh, coffee shop net neutrality lesson of the day. <laughs> I didn't. Even, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't see you going there. How did? How, how can I have not seen that? <laughs> Starting in August, uh, start in in the United States, Starbucks stores will be, start to roll out a Wi-Fi network that's going to be up to ten times faster than current networks, all through uh, all through Google. Yeah, that's a uh, great move. Would that would that make you go, go to Starbucks? Do you have, do you ever work out of your office? Like, do you ever take your take your computer out of the office, go to a cafe, and uh, you know, sort of snug down and get to work? Um, no, but I mean, you know, when I travel, like I'll uh, I'll be in Whistler, and I'll you know, obviously, I'm working sometimes out and about. Personally, for me, I find I focus better if I just sit down in a fairly mundane environment, like an office setting. I mean, you know, I got toys and stuff in my office, but, you know, I fairly stare at my monitor, get my work done. When you play, you play. When you work, you work, rather than trying to, like, sit on a beach or something on a a laptop where I'm just going to be torturing myself. Um, So I tend not to, but I know a lot of people do. Back in May, I went went out and got myself, you know, spent 600 bucks on myself a new medium-range, you know, pretty good laptop. Uh, good, you know, it's a uh, it's PC. It's a good laptop, and you know the truth is, I've used it twice since then. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really glad to have it. My old one was was getting a little bit long in the tooth, but uh, yeah, it blows me away. Maybe if the star, maybe if Starbucks up in Canada had network speeds ten times faster than I've got, maybe I'd do it. But that's pretty <laughs> cool, though. Like, congratulations to Starbucks. I know that there's a lot of American listeners who do go to Starbucks, hang out in. Uh, and hang out in, um, you know, like 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 use the Starbucks as a, um, you know, a mini office. As a matter of fact, I've I've heard that there are coffee shops now who are trying to kick people out who are doing that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can't blame them. And you know, Starbucks, I'm sure will. Now the question will be, knowing Google's new stance, uh, will they be blocking uh, Bing on this Wi-Fi network, or will they let you switch over? Well, I, I wouldn't put it past them at this point, hey? No, uh, I, I, yeah, I think there'd be a pretty sizable uproar, I'm sure, but you know where it's defaulting to, and so off off you go. But I think it's a great move by Google. Uh, I think it's obviously a good move by Starbucks because they get to offer something to their users probably free um, or, or at the same rate they're paying for uh, to offer something better. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's just a, a win across the board. And I'm betting that they're going to be getting, um, you know, probably business level uh, Google <laughs> Internet services. Um, so, yeah, no, good for them. I, I think it's great. Um, not if you run any other coffee shop, but but good if you're uh, good if you're Starbucks. And I hear they're hurting. They needed uh, they needed help from all these other pesky uh, coffee shops opening up all over the place, driving them out of business. I'm being facetious, uh, by the way. I was, was going to say, they have the, there's, a, there's a sad 
um, and dangerous irony in there. Okay, we're down to four minutes where we got to go. Um, why don't we talk about content curation on uh, one of his recent videos? And I really hope you're watching this, Bree. Uh, one of his recent videos, um, <laughs> Matt Cuts notes that um, it's okay to have an FAQ section made up of content created by other people. Provided, of course, you know, you're giving credit and you're doing all the right things as a, as a webmaster. But um, he's, he's saying that there's a great value in curating content related to the topic of the page that you're, that, 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 that you're responsible for or relating to the topic of your web page. So you're grabbing content from somewhere else, putting it on your web page because it's useful to the user. And, you know, in, in, in Google parlance, that's content curation. And he says, you know, don't automate it. Don't bring in automated lists. Do it yourself. Do it by hand. Make, a, make an actual decision. Um, and you may well rank well. And he's thinking of, uh, he's often thinking about, you know, you know, the paper.li websites. Right. That's automated. That's automated content. Right. They're just scraping stuff, throwing it up on a page, uh, white labeling it basically, and publishing it under the .li uh, top level domain. Right. What Cuts is saying is go out and grab this stuff by hand, put it up on a page, make it topically related to each other, make it useful, and you'll probably get a ranking. Right. And that makes sense. Um, it's funny. I've been thinking lately what I'd love to see, and, and this scenario applies directly. So I don't know. Maybe I should send an email off to Google on this one. Would be a rel equals canonical for a snippet. Um, to basically go, this is taken from here, right? Where it's not going, hey, all the weight from this page should go over there, and this page is irrelevant, but kind of, this is what I have got. It is a duplication, and I know it. It's there on purpose, and here's where I got it from, rather than just the typical, you know, sort of credits that you can get, stuff like that, but actually going, and starts here, and ends here, and is from here. Um, you know, no penalty, no page rank passing, but just, you know, sort I of... Think, no, I think, you know what, I think it's a great idea, and I think that if you use that, it should actually, in fact, pass page rank, that, as long as providing you're linking back to the originating content. <gasps> Right, you know what, sorry, I mean in the way that a traditional canonical, right, Every everything to this page now moves over there. Okay, not in that way. Your page may still have value unique to itself, um, but in a, yeah, same as, as a link would. You're basically treating this as a link on that page among the other links on that page and, and passing it. I, I think you're totally right, and I think it'd be a, a helpful way to allow me to put stuff on my page, as I did in the spam article, where it's like, I am duplicating this. I know I am, and in, in that case, it was such a minority, but it's like, what if I was blogging about a big, you know, a patent or something, and I needed to put in big chunks? Well, I may end up with something that's a lot of content and i'd like to be able to go here's where it's from i'm not hiding anything here it's it's from right here um i just want to put it on my page because it belongs there because uh, i'm analyzing it or something like that but uh yeah let's uh i don't know maybe something for google to think about uh, well google's got a lot to think about and especially their <laughs> position on net neutrality you know rephrase that guys you don't know the slippery slope you're opening okay is there anything that we got we got two minutes left um I do that, make that noise long enough, we can just rag it back up there, right? Eh? Uh, <laughs> um, wow. Okay, Dave, last word's yours. 
All right. Well, um, for for anybody who is interested, I was going to bring it up. Didn't know if there was enough time, um, but Sorry. something just of of curiosity. Microsoft. I, I just find this this oh, irony. Uh, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Um, sending uh, over seventeen thousand takedown requests to Google, and I, I just find a, a great irony in this that Microsoft, rightfully so, protecting their content, protecting their products, sending takedown requests to Google. Um, but I just find it funny that Microsoft, who owns Bing, as we all know, um, is having to send these requests because even on their own properties, uh, most of their traffic is coming from, from Google. Well, <laughs> so, you know what I found hilarious? Microsoft wrote a DM, DMAC, Digital Millennium Copyright, DMCA, uh, request for to remove a material that from a Microsoft page had scraped from another Microsoft page. <laughs> Basically, they were asking to take down their own stuff. Okay, you know what? I'd like to expand on that. I'd love to show examples of that, but we're out of time. We're at uh, top of the hour. Friends, we've got news coming up at webmasterradio.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, that's Dave at BeanstalkSEO.com. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Jim at DigitalAlwaysMedia.com. This is WebCology at webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. Great stuff coming up on the network, and we're going to be here next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.